Hello, hello, and a very warm welcome to this episode of the Mostly Peaceful Moms podcast. As always, I'm your host, Elaine. You can find me anywhere online at the Mrs. What. Now, I'm going to hand you straight into an interview that I've done with a lady called Riley, and you'll hear me introduce her properly in just a moment at the beginning of that interview. Riley is part of the Mom Army. If you don't know what the Mom Army is, you're going to find out all about it in this episode. What I want you to bear in mind is if you are a parent, this is so important for you to listen to. If you have noticed what is going on with our children, then, and the all-out attack from all angles on our children, they are coming for our children. If you've noticed, this episode is for you. If you haven't noticed, this will highlight exactly what's happening And we also talk about what we can do about it. So listen in, find us online. You can find the whole group and connect to all of the Mom Army who are based all around the world now at themom.army on Instagram. I'll get straight into this interview. I'll catch you at the end. All right, I've got a very special guest with me today. I have got Riley Geralds with me. Now, Riley joins us today in her own words. She's a child of God, a wife, a mother of two boys. She's a homesteader-ish, which I think we're going to find out about, a homemaker and a homeschooler. She's passionate about Christ and ending the war on children starting in the womb. Riley, welcome. How are you? I'm great. And thank you so much for having me on here. I'm I'm really excited to, you know, just share with everybody. Yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. It's really good to meet you. And we're going to find out as we go how this podcast came about, uh, a little bit about you and about something bigger that we are we are both involved in. So let's get started with, with you. First of all, tell us a bit about who you are, where you're based. We've had a little bit of a snippet. Tell us about your family and, you know, whatever you're happy to share. Sure. Um, so Uh, My name is Riley Gerald. I do currently live in Knoxville, Tennessee in the U.S. I am originally from Michigan. So uh, it was definitely culture shock when I first moved here uh, back in 2014. Um, I met my husband a year after I moved here and we got married in 2017. I can't believe it. It's going by so fast. Flies by. Um, It really does. And we have two beautiful sons now. Um, And obviously, you know, we're, we're not, we're not preventative. I mean, we allow, we allow the Lord to give us whatever gifts he may. And if we have 10, amazing. If we have just the two, amazing. Um, And, uh, you know, we kind of, we bought this house in 2020 that we're in right now. So Mm -hmm. it was right as we had our first son um, and right before the COVID craziness. Cause it was, um, it was February of 2020. Yeah. Well, we have a little bit of property and that's why I say the homesteader ish. So that's when we really started getting into a lot of the gardening and, um, chickens and we have other livestock as well. Um, we don't use it. Um, we don't use them yet because they're we're still trying to find ways to use them, but we have turkeys and ducks and bunnies. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, the homesteader-ish. So like I um I started doing like canning and I I do now this is something I've always done is just every meal that we eat um since we've even we're dating, I just make from scratch. We don't have any sort of like, you know, uh no frozen meals in the house, no you know, everything is, everything is homemade. So 
Um, Got it. Now we do still use the grocery store and that's why I say homesteader-ish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're just, uh, we're just here. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, right now, this month right now is actually when we'll start, uh, we start our gardens in February. So we started indoors, um, uh, because it's, it's still cold a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we move everything outside after the, after the last frost. So it's a, it. it's a busy life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you have to really plan ahead to, to make sure that everything goes in at the right time. I've literally just been watching a program with my kids about farming here in the UK and not that I'm on anywhere close to farming, but it just gave me an insight into just how planned and how organized you really truly do have to be in when you are growing things especially when you want to survive off of that food or if that is your goal to have most of that produce consumed in the house it's there to support and sustain your family so that's really interesting to hear I'm going to be yes. following you definitely <laughs> to see how that yes, all goes I will I'll, yes I'll give you my um, yeah. I'll give you my farm Instagram page yes that would be <laughs> ideal make sure you give us that before we go as well because then people who are also interested in doing something of their own at home can can follow you there too because I definitely am going to be following I know you're homeschool as well how old are your two kids so I have a three-year-old and I have a seven-month-old now my homeschooling program I actually found oh gosh I was one day probably scrolling on TikTok about a year or so ago. <laughs> and I came across this amazing um, homeschooling program. It's a hundred percent free and it goes from pre-K to 12th grade. So I started doing the pre-K stuff with my three-year-old. Oh, I'd say probably about six or seven months ago. And yeah. it's just, it's so interactive and it's, it, he just, he loves it because it's not like, oh, it's time for school. Like, no, he's like, I want to do my alphabet or I want to do my numbers or, you know, whatever it is. So awesome. it's a great program. I'd love to share that too at the yes, end. Yes, that would be great because I'd love to, to find out about that as well. We homeschool here. And uh, that's been interesting because my kids are older and we've they've been through part of school and there just came a point where, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into some of this shortly, uh, but there came a point I just couldn't continue sending them to that place any longer. But we, we'll talk about that and, uh, you know, this is all going to become apparent why we're speaking today and what mom army is all about but let's kick off talking about I think that's transitioned us quite nicely into talking about the mom army who are the mom army and why did they come about yeah so mom army for one uh, it has just been an amazing blessing that I have come across but uh, so mom army what's so unique about them is it is a group of women that it, these are these are women that are leading this movement. Seventy percent of these women are survivors of some sort of abuse, whether it was as a child, as an adult. So that's why, and that's why it's so important that these women, whether, like I said, whether they endured that abuse as children, as yeah. teenagers, it's so important that. One, I know that when you're, when you're subject to that abuse, you feel like you're all alone. Yeah. Um, so it, it's so incredible that all of these women have come together, all of us and, you know, one, we're not alone, but two, we have, 
because we have personally gone through it, we know what we know what we're seeing right in front of our eyes. Yeah. So one is so first of all, it, that is just so amazing that how strong this group of women are to yeah. speak about um, what they've been through and now to to create a movement to prevent children from having to go through that as well. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, mom army, it's so cool too, because not only are they 70%, like I said, led by survivors, it is just a mixture of all different types of, um, you know, backgrounds of women that are here. Like you don't have to be, you know, a Christian, you don't have to be a, you know, a atheists or you know you don't have to be from a certain part of the country to be in the mom army you literally just have to want to protect children and raise awareness of hello people wake up this is what's happening to our country's children yeah um and that's children it's the same it's over here too here in the UK. And that is just so crazy because, you know, people here in the U.S. who have never been outside of the U.S., mm-hmm. they say how wonderful these other countries are. And I'm just like, do you really know what's going on in these in other the, countries? Yeah, it's the world. It is fully <laughs> the world, all of these yes. things that are happening. What, what was the first thing that made you really start to think, hang on, something big is happening here. It's it you know, it started to open your eyes and you started to see more and more and more things happening that are really truly targeting children. So I would say my first experience of, um, of the awakening of public school systems would be when, so I have young brothers that Mm -hmm. are 11 and 14. So they are still in um, middle school and high school. Now during COVID, Um, they were in elementary and middle. So I'm so thankful that my, my mom is so involved as far as um, she actually ran for school board. So she's on the school board now where my brothers go to school. Right. So what she was telling me, first of all, the masking. So the masking of the children, one, we already knew even, even if you believed COVID was real or you didn't believe it was real, it came out that children were the least affected by COVID. Therefore masks didn't, didn't matter. Yeah. So this is, this is what opened my eyes to the public school system being so corrupt. The school that my brothers attend were receiving federal funds for keeping their children in masks. What? So that is what really was like, um, excuse me, what? What are you so doing to our children you, for, for exactly? Money? Yes, for money. So, and that's what really, so there was a very small group of mothers, my mom included, who were going to these school board meetings, calling the school board members out, telling them this is wrong. They even pulled out. So each state um, in the United States has their own um own constitution each state does okay so they're like in the michigan constitution um you know like you are literally breaking the law um (laughs) so it's like what you know yeah so it was it was wild so that was my first kind of like dose of the corrupt uh public school system and then um what really what really got me um as active as I am right now is it was I would say it was maybe back in September or October 
I was just, you know, listening to one of my podcasts and uh, one of the hosts said that she had gone to a local library with one of her friends and they found these sex books that were, you know, available for children um, in the state of Tennessee. So it was in, in my state, but about three hours west of me. And I was like, huh, I should, I'm going to go to a local library with one of my friends. It was appalling what I found actually. Um, And a lot of, and this is what made me want to get involved was because for one, we have um, library laws in each state. And in the state of Tennessee, we have a library law that protects underage, you know, children from obscenity. Good. And I have on recording, I, I confronted the librarian and I asked her, um, you know, what, you know, what are, what are your all's rules? Like if my child comes in and, you know, if they pick up something that's just totally not appropriate for them, Mm -hmm. will you all call me or, you know, would you let me know? And she said, no, we won't. And she also said, she said, if, she said, if a nine-year-old child comes up here and wants to check out an R-rated film, I can think all I want, but I can't say anything. I said, hmm, that's interesting. Um, Did you know that you actually have pornography in the library? I brought her this book and it's called uh, Ready for It. I encourage anybody that hears this right now. It's called Ready for It. It is a whole book full of it's full of underaged, their pictures, right? Their drawings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Underaged teenagers performing sex acts on each other. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, and so I was like, so you're telling me that, you, so on camera, you're telling me that you're willing to break the law because you're not allowed to say anything? That Wow. No. Where where is the humanity in that? <laughs> Let alone the law. Why is this woman not thinking about children that are in front of her? If a child is in front of me, I don't care whose child it is. If there's if the child hurts itself, I'm going to check it's okay. If I see a child in danger, yeah. I'm going to get it out of danger. <laughs> Absolutely, <That's> human. <laughs> where is the, the humanity in allowing a child to access this sort of stuff? Now, I I I. I am fully, I'm constantly uh, shocked to hear of stuff like that, but I've actually also heard about those being not just in local libraries, but in schools over in the US. Now I've heard rumors here, but I haven't found it, but I went into my local library just a few days ago and there was an entire display about trans in the library. Now this library is connected to the university here. I'm based in Worcestershire in the UK. Okay. And there is an entire section. I was with my girls, so I didn't want to raise any attention. We moved away, we continued with our day and I have written a a complaint and I will be following it up because um, it's the same thing. I didn't want to open any of those books. I will go back alone but um, it's it's everywhere. Now, what do you know what the law is in terms of schools where you are? And I know things vary across state to state, but like you said, they have a, a duty to make sure that children 
don't see those sorts of materials in libraries. Now, surely this must be the same in schools. And yet stuff like this is cropping up in schools as well. What's yeah, your experience? So, so this is what I'll say about that. I, um, I dug into what the United States, what the DOJ, what they consider is obscenity. So there's three criterias. Okay. And this is this is where it can go through a loophole because if it is a book that brings um, education, if it's a book that brings some sort of political um, kind of like a political insight or stance, maybe um, a political stance or an ideology. Exactly. So that, so if it's, if one of the criteria, if they say, Oh, this is an educational sex ed book, this is how they're able to get around that. Um, but again, state by state, like, and I only know about Michigan because one, like I said, yeah. that's where I'm from. And yeah. that's where I have young um, siblings in yeah. school. I was looking up their obscenity laws and um, obscenity is not illegal. Like it's not, it's okay. And I'm just like, but obscenity is only attached to sex that that's it like inappropriate sex stuff yeah um so it and I made a post about I made a post about obscenity and what the United States says about it and everything like that so um I would encourage anybody you know I'll point them to that post as well because it literally lays out what does the DOJ say about it what does the United States say what are the laws things like that and it's just extremely incredible that there are so many sick individuals that find loopholes so that they can uh, target an audience that is so susceptible and so, I don't want to say foolish because children aren't foolish. They're just mm, easily. No, they, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's the age where they're absorbing everything and every single thing goes in. And it's just a highly, it's such an important time. It's such an important time, not just for the moment, but for their future, that stuff like this coming in from everywhere they look, it's just so damaging. And it opens them up, in my opinion, it opens them up to abuse, to being taken advantage of, because if they have seen normalization of this type of awful shite, at this yes. age, if they have been, nor- if it's been normalized and it's been placed in front of them somewhere like a library where there are figures of authority from a child's yes. perspective and at schools where teachers in a ch- from a children's perspective, these, these are authoritarian figures. If it's been <laughs> normalized by these figures in their life, then somebody coming to them attempting to influence or take advantage of it's going to they're going to be less able to defend themselves against something like that and a hundred percent do you think this is coming from people that truly want to influence in order to take advantage of younger and younger children so yeah (laughs) why I know it's um it's so big it's really 
it's a really like because there is no like obviously because I believe we're both level-headed minded you know women and I could like I could never imagine even wanting to prey on somebody who doesn't know better um but you know this is this is a larger beyond us sort of um like sort of battle so it's more of a if I can so what I truly believe it is is that it is um so ever since ever since Jesus died on the cross the spirit of the antichrist has been present period and his whole goal is to separate us from our creator that's the antichrist full goal okay so if the antichrist spirit can get to the children and get them to be hypersexualized oversexualized trans and everything like that they believe that that is their that is their identity and that is now their creator um you know they they deny that god made them in the correct body so let me go change my body they okay. deny that you know god made them for a purpose they're like oh well i have no purpose so you know it's it, it's the spirit of the antichrist who's he he's like okay well these adults are too strong in their faith for me to separate them from god let me get to the kids right they're so impressionable so this is why when um when parents when they say that they are you know christian parents you are supposed to raise up your child in god's word so they know who they are they're able to fight these battles spiritually they learn how to pray they learn how to ask god for protection from these things but the most important thing is they know who they are. They know why God created them. They know God gives them, gave them a purpose. So then when they do enter, for instance, public school system, they can't be influenced by these, you know, these trans LGBT, you know, type of ideals. Cause they're like, no, I know who I am. Yeah. God made me this way. God made me who I am. And it's, it's, it's a form of, in my opinion, specifically this, this, the, the LGBT, plus plus and I do think it's wrong that the LGB community is lumped in with what is the the T section and all of the other stuff Mm -hmm. they're not the same the the T section has been taken over by I mean it's nothing short of a cult the people and the families that this is affecting and now that that is also getting into schools and that is also getting into authority it's getting into uh the justice system it's getting into the school systems it's getting into it's all over social media it's it's everywhere it just seems to be omnipresent there's not a day that goes by that I don't hear see or learn something about somebody who is in that community it's not even a community it's it's a cult they're not a yeah it's so funny it's so funny that you said that um so I believe that the t is you know spirit of antichrist Mm -hmm. satan's whole goal is he wants to be like god god is omnipresent right so it's funny that you say that you know the t is omnipresent it's spirit of antichrist okay okay he wants to be seen heard all those things because Satan that's his whole goal he wants to be God right. so it's it I just found that really you know mm, interesting uh, perfect yeah. that you say that yeah so I we're not a religious family but I see 
more and more of what you are, you know, you've described to me and whether or not I see it from a religious perspective, I think our, our views and the way that I see it, I see it coming from humans that are, I, I mean, the only word I can think of is evil. This is brought down by evil humans who yes. are trying to grab more power, more money. And I think the last three years has really shown us just how far these people are willing to go in order to get people, ordinary people, into a position where they can be used for profit. It doesn't matter what the outcome, it doesn't matter how much of a mess is made of someone's life, as long as they can be a lifelong somebody who's stuck and yes. can be stuck and made money off of for life, whether that is somebody who's been damaged by uh, a so-called vaccine and therefore is constantly yes. always going to be in the medical system for life. They, they, they're not right. going to be able to get out of it because they're damaged <laughs> and they're going to have right. to constantly be in care, whether that is somebody who has been indoctrinated and into this trans movement and they've damaged their bodies yeah. by having some sort of awful procedure which can't be reversed no matter what is said that, that this they are constantly always going to be in need of medical care and so somebody's going to be earning off of that person for life for life and it doesn't yes. seem to matter and and I feel there's targeting children so they can I mean I think there's multiple sides to it they're targeting children so they can get more and more money off people sooner if they can get them in sooner and they're in for life yes. and they can make money off them for life, that's their goal. They don't care about you. They don't care about us. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They definitely don't care about our children. No. no. And I also no. think that there is another <laughs> side where a lot of the people that we don't see that are a very ha small handful of individuals that have a lot of power and a lot of influence on the planet, I think they are swayed a certain way and they like children and if they can try and normalize it, they get more adults to think that it's all right for children to, to be exposed to sexual stuff earlier and earlier, that they are less likely to be penalized when they are finally brought to justice for the crimes yep. against humanity that have been over many, many years have been yes. committed against humanity, but certainly over the last three years. Um, so it's a quite a scary situation that, that I feel we're in right now. And I also feel that not many people are actually aware. I mean, I'm so, so glad to have connected with you, to connected with the rest of the mom army. Um, what, what do you, what do you think listeners can do to, to support this movement? How can they get more awareness of what's happening and really what can they do to save their children from, from this? I, I feel like it's such a big snowballing machine right now that this, we need to really get together to, to, to make this stop. So what I, what I recommend is that families go back to being traditional family you know you have staying you have a parent staying at home raising the children taking care of the home and you have another parent out you know making the money to pay the bills that's because the less dependent on government whether it's using public schools or using um you know any type of aid uh whether that be financial aid or food aid the less dependent on government we are, the less susceptible you are 
that your that your children are going to be exposed to things you don't want them to be. Now, for the for the families, um, and, and you know, and this might this might hurt some people's feelings. Stop being so materialistic. Make yeah. some t- take some risks for your children. You don't have to have the newest iPhone. You don't have to have the newest iPad. You don't have to have a car payment. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. have to have the the 2025 Mercedes Benz. You don't have to be in the consumer system as much as everybody is drawn into the consumer, consume, 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 have, have, have Correct. system. You know, it, it's like if if you are living within your means, you will be able to have a traditional, um, a traditional family household. So so yeah, I mean, it, it is going to hurt people's feelings, but it's just, you know, stop being materialistic, take risks for your children. That That's what we're supposed to do. So this is what I don't understand. If a wife and a husband are both working, the wife's income goes to daycare. You can just leave the baby home with you and not have that income that goes straight to daycare. It's the same thing. And then you're raising your child. Absolutely. So those are just some... some I see that so often. I'm just like, how, how about you just, you just do it. You take care of your child. Cause you know, when you're home, not only this, I saw this amazing post this morning, you know, um, this woman, she was saying being in my traditional wife role has allowed me to experience, you know, um, uh, like learning other things, like having different hobbies. Cause I'm, I'm home with my children, but my children take naps. So throughout the day, you know, I'm able to, um, explore, um, hobbies, whether that be crafting or, you know, making sourdough starters or, you know, gardening or whatever, you know, when a woman is at home, she gets to explore herself even more. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. I do feel there's been such a break from, or a push to get people separate to spend less time together as a family for the mum to be away from the child from for the wife to be away from the father from the father to be out of the of the of the family home and I think this has also been brought in gradually over years and years and years like you just said about a mum going out to to work and you see it all the time that oh childcare is so expensive it you know it costs more than what I'm earning in my job but yet they still continue down that route like it's got to be done um and I know that there are concerns you know women do have concerns that what are they going to do when the children grow older but but you know and they, they're not needed all of the time but ultimately there's so many more options here in in 2023 it doesn't have to be that exact role that you were in before and I know people love their jobs and there is that side to it but ultimately mm-hmm. children are just it's like it's so important to be with them right now yes. to just make You're, sure they're <clears throat> safe you know and I also put it to um I I have spoken to women that are my age that have children around the same age as me. And they're telling me that they don't know who they are anymore. And, you know, when my kids get X amount of age, I'm going back to work and I'm just like, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. So you would rather leave your home where people actually need you, actually love you and actually appreciate you to go work for a boss who could give two craps about you. 
they don't care will replace you at the drop of a hat yes they will replace you if you if you say hey boss you know um child overslept i'm gonna be a little late he it's a 50 50 chance he's gonna say well just don't come in yeah (laughs) so i'm like and your identity is not your job Mm. i think that's got so blurred because i've i've felt like that before and I think lots Mm -hmm. of mums have felt like that before so I fully understand it but I I also feel like now after what I've learned over the last few years I feel like I wish I'd realized earlier how important being a mom is you you know that could be your identity now you'll always be a mom but you can always be something more and something else and the more you show your children what is possible yes the more you show them how important the family is and the more you show them all the things that can be done you keep yourself fit you keep yourself healthy you show them you're the yeah. role model you're the leader uh, it's it's just so so important especially and that's why I mean I don't mean to cut you off but no, no, that is why I'm so passionate about it because I was I was not raised uh, Christian or with God at all. I found Christ on my own. Mm-hmm. So when I was when I was raised, I was raised. You know, you don't need a man. You can do it all on your own. You know, you can work. You can do this. You can do that. When in reality, men need women. Women need men in general. So it's like you know, I was being raised that way. Um, and I worked from the time I was 15 until 2021 when I got fired for not doing the, Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Yes. So I just became a stay at home mother, uh, in, uh, January of 2022. That was when it really, and I still tried to work from home, Yeah. but I was just like, I was pregnant with my second, uh, Mm -hmm. child at that time. So I tried to do the whole, you know, working from home and, my husband, he was the stay at home father. Cause I was working for, I don't know if I should say the company, um, but a very popular search engine. Okay. That's what I was working for. Right, right, right. Um, and so he stayed home with my oldest son, um, for the first, you know, two years. And, um, you know, it was just, it wasn't now my job wasn't my identity but I definitely wasn't uh, as present as I. All right. So, so moving on from what we were, we were just saying, how, how can listeners really support the mom army movement? Because I think we've highlighted some very scary areas and really what we've come to, to understand is that the more we can be around our children and the more we Mm -hmm. can lead them, I feel, I mean, that's really so, so important. And like we've, just been talking about we've got away from that somewhere along the line so how can how can listeners really support the mom army movement get involved and find you yeah so um anybody that wants to support mom army you can actually go to the instagram page um so it's the mom army and on there is a link tree and you can go onto the website and you can either donate to help us continue our movement. Um, you can also, if you don't have a chapter in your area, you can start a chapter. And um, and really just, if you all are finding things or seeing things, just, you know, send, send them to your local mom army chapter, whether it's, you know, a DM on Instagram or tag them and stuff. And 
just the more people that are getting, um, you know, exposing things that they're seeing, the more that we're going to be able to keep spreading. So yeah, so just visit Mom Army's um, Instagram, go on their link tree, um, start a chapter or, you know, like I said, donate to the movement because we are a uh, political action committee. So we are, we are not a nonprofit organization. Um, we are wanting to work with legislators in our local areas and even on, on the big on the big front, but we'll start state by state first. Um, but yeah, that's what we're wanting to do so that we can put laws in place to protect children. Um, listen, the government has one job and that is to make sure that our rights are not infringed on. So if, if children are being, if children are being abused, the government should step in like that. Now, if you're not feeding your child broccoli, no, the, the government shouldn't step in, <laughs> but no. you know, yeah we're not we're not co-parenting with them they're supposed to to protect for the people by the people for the people they are supposed to have our interests first and foremost and currently it really doesn't I mean that sentence just doesn't go in the same sentence as government as far as I can see whether that's in your country my country or or around the world but certainly looking at, at mom army at the moment because you've started over in your country there's there's a lot of different areas I'll link all of the different mom armies that I've already linked with in the the bio for the, for the mostly moms uh, mostly peaceful moms podcast so you will be able to connect with Riley and the mom army from there I know you've got a couple of new captains over in Canada I'm the first one over here in the UK so I'm just starting to get to grips with things I am so so glad to to connect with with you guys I felt very much like uh, alone here <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. my in my small uh village there's there's not many mums who who seem particularly aware of any of this at the moment and um I'm really I will start to to talk about it some more and just try and find out their experiences but now that I've connected with all of you guys I start to feel like actually I'm not losing my mind after all <laughs> I'm not seeing stuff stuff is real no this is, this is actually yeah. happening and yes and I think there is a level of disbelief for for many people who come across this how can this truly be happening how can these things truly be in our schools how can these ideologies actually be occurring how can uh, people actually be children be being pulled and affirmed to to damage and change their bodies that for life and so many more things that we we've touched on today how can these things be happening um but but it's time to to draw a line in the sand and get as many of us together as absolutely possible and fight back so if you're listening to this if you're a mom around the world if you're a dad that's listening to this you're a parent a grandparent and you can see what's happening reach out to me reach out to Riley or any of the other mom army captains around the world because we are partnered with the dad army as well so they are also fighting back but let's get together on this we truly need to create a force to be reckoned with because it to me it's now or what on earth future are we looking at? I just can't, yeah. can't imagine. So where do you, where do you see the future heading for our, our kids? If we can really make this stop in its tracks. 
So if, if we can really make this stop in, in our lifetime, so if we can make a stop in our lifetime, what we will see is children being able to stay innocent, you know, children being able to be children. Um, and, you know, we, what we'll see is such a, I would just like to live in a non-perverted society. Absolutely. Everything is perverted. Um, whether it's sexual or, you know, they're changing, changing the words. Um, but, you know, if anything, I, I will go to my deathbed knowing that I fought for my children, for my children to fight for their children and so on. Um, so really, it, it really does, again, go back to the home. If, if you're, if you're raising your children up to fight for what's right, and to discern between right and wrong, that's the, that's the best thing that we can do to, to continue this chain of events. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think we, we need to protect their innocence. It's shocking that we're having to have any of these conversations that this shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't be happening in any way, shape or form. But thank you so, so much for, for joining me today, Riley. It's been amazing to meet you and to learn all about you and to find that amazing women like you you and all of the, the mom army are here to, to really stand up and fight back and you're not afraid to do it. I think what we left on there is hugely important. We cannot be afraid to stand up and speak loudly when it comes to these infringements and these pushing of these insane ideologies on our children it's coming from all angles as we talked about there's authority figures and it's going even higher than teachers it's getting into not just schools it's getting into universities it's getting into law and this has to stop we have to be loud we have to fight back you have to make a fuss you see something wrong you stand up because they will stand up. You've heard them shouting and, and calling out and name calling, and that's how they win. You cannot be afraid of a name. We have to stand back up. We aren't bigots. We aren't racists. We aren't all of the things and those slurs that they're throwing at us. We're protective parents who see a problem and an attack on our children. So we have to stand up and fight back. Now, myself and Riley continued to chat for quite some time. It was the first time we had actually connected. It was the first time we had connected and talked. So we went on to talk about some of the main differences that we see between our, our countries. So Riley's over in the US, I'm here in the UK. So if you want to find out a little bit more of that conversation that we delved into, or decided to, we put the main points here on this podcast. Otherwise, the podcast is going to be huge. It was the first time we chatted. It was great to get to know a little bit more about one another and really support one another. And we will continue to support one another moving forwards. And of course, the Mom Army is there to support you. So if you'd like to hear the rest of or some of the snippets of that conversation, I will be putting those into the the Mostly Peaceful Moms Facebook group and you can find us also on YouTube. Find me at the Mrs. Watt on YouTube and you'll be able to see some of the clips of myself and Riley chatting during this conversation. Please share this with your other parent friends, whether they are mums or dads. As we said in this interview, both mom army and dad army are fighting back. There is a group that is here to help support you. 
but most important thing is you move forward fearlessly. These are our children. We have to. I'll catch you next time on the Mostly Peaceful Moms podcast. Bye for now.